You're listening to the Group Practice Exchange Podcast. We're the business development resource for group practice owners, where we talk candidly about business ownership and leadership. From practice building tips to live coaching to real talk episodes with other group practice owners, we're the resource you've been looking for to help you grow your group practice. I'm your host, group practice owner and entrepreneur, Maureen Werbach. This episode is sponsored by Therapy Notes. Therapy Notes is an online EHR, practice management, and billing software designed for mental health professionals. Therapy Notes has everything you need to manage patient records, schedule appointments, create rich documentation, and bill insurance right at your fingertips. They offer free and unlimited live support seven days a week. Their streamlined software is accessible wherever and whenever you need it. To get two free months, go to www.therapynotes.com forward slash r forward slash the group practice exchange. Need a new accountant or bookkeeper? Meet Green Oak Accounting, an accounting firm that works specifically with private practices. They do all of your accounting needs from budgeting to accounting to bookkeeping and payroll to building your dashboard. On top of that, they can help you set up your profit first systems. Go to greenoakaccounting.com and mention the group practice exchange for $100 off your first month. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Group Practice Exchange podcast. This week, I've got an expert on. Her name is Brandy Mabra, and she owns Savvy Clover. And I'm really excited to talk to her today because we're going to be talking about um, mindset, becoming a confident as a CEO. I know that's something that a lot of group practice owners struggle with, whether you're new or seasoned. And so this is kind of her specialty area. And so I'm excited to chat with her for a little bit about what she knows on this topic and for her to give us a little bit of feedback on how to step into being a confident CEO. So hi, Brandy. How are you? Good. How are you? Not too bad. (laughs) So for those that are listening who might not know who you are, can you tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Brandy Mabra. I'm the CEO of Savvy Clover Coaching and Consulting, and I'm a business and leadership coach. So I help business owners to step into the role as CEO and be able to build a healthy and sustainable multi-six and seven-figure business. Um, you know, we really go through the whole gamut of building a strong infrastructure, making sure that your systems and processes are streamlined, that you understand, you know, how to really engage your team, how to hire. Um, and we just look at a business from a holistic perspective. So it's a lot of fun. I enjoy it. I have 15 years with the business management leadership experience and I'm able to pull from. And it's exciting to really just to be able to help other entrepreneurs to, you know, have this business structure that they need in order for them to grow and scale in a feel good way. Um, One of the things that I feel like has always been really easy for me to support people on that are trying to grow a group practice is the kind of the literal things like steps, um, strategic planning. One of the areas that's always been really hard for me um, myself because I didn't have, I'm super organized as a person and I I come up with systems for myself as a business owner, which has made it easy for me to help other people kind of figure out based off of how they want their businesses to be, how to set up some systems so that they know where they're going and how they're moving forward. But when it comes to, um, you know, confidence as a CEO, making those mindset shifts and kind of leaning into being a leader, it was obviously, it's not something you can kind of have like 
systems or steps to. And so I always have a hard time talking about how to get there. It almost felt like this weird evolution that didn't have any kind of, I can't pinpoint what thing it was that got me to feeling more confident as a leader. And so I really think this is a hard topic to kind of work with people on. How do you, how do you help people on that end? Well, one of the things that we go through is, is just the self-awareness. So you hit the nail on the head when you're talking about when you're first getting started, that confidence isn't going to be there. You're going to have to make mistakes. You're going to have, you know, a lot of times what I say is that you learn the CEO skill set trial by fire. And that's really implementing things that don't work or you're, you might hire and that person didn't work out. So then you have to go back and, you know, go back to the drawing board. Um, and so I think just understanding that things are not going to be perfect um, and getting rid of that perfection piece and understanding where your strengths are, where your weaknesses are. So that way you're able to address both um, in whatever way makes sense. So it might be reading a book. It might be listening to a podcast. It might be, you know, a training, hiring a coach, a consultant, whatever that looks like for you. But it's always starts with that self-awareness piece and just being accepting of where you're at in your journey and not punishing, not punishing yourself for it. Um, you know, a lot of times with my clients, they're they think really big, they have big goals, big dreams, and they want to do a lot of awesome things, which is amazing. However, that's a journey. And so, you know, even above my desk, there's a plaque that says, you know, enjoy the journey. And so, and that's really what you have to do. You have to embrace it and everything that comes along with it, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Like life. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Like, you know, it's not, we're not talking about like an Instagram reel or, you know, a highlight or your social media. I mean, it's just, it's, it's real stuff. And the best way to get the confidence is just to go out and, and do it and to mess up and then to learn from that and, you know, and definitely um, get the resources that you need to be successful. I always say that and being comfortable asking for help is, is probably a couple big things that you need to do. You know, I, as you were talking and, and a couple times mentioned the idea of j actually just making mistakes, like almost embracing making mistakes, which I think a lot of people do the opposite. They're trying to make every decision and be really careful about not making mistakes. And it's interesting because I, I don't know, I feel like it had to have been from a book probably because I read a lot of business related books. Um, and I remember this point because I, I want to say I'm a recovering perfectionist, but I'm not recovered yet. But I will say I've gotten really good at embracing fucking up is my thing. I'm always like telling people <laughs> I, I and I like to like point it out to people. I don't know how often um, to my employees in my group, own group practice or when I'm doing coaching and podcasting, I'll talk about don't do what I did. This is the one thing I did. And I totally messed this thing up. Go mess up in a totally different way. Um, but I really it was one mindset shift I made probably three or four years into owning my group practice of just really kind of looking for, for making mistakes almost, you know, and, en and enjoying even, even the little bit of pain that comes with making the mistakes, but really um, the pain lessened dramatically when I was able to just say it out loud and say, well, that didn't work at all. <laughs> Um, I don't know how often my supervisors, I'll, I'll just say that I should not have done that. We, do we all learn a lesson from my decision here? And everyone will just laugh and say, yep. Um, but being able to embrace it verbally to other people is really cathartic in a way. And it makes it okay to take some risks too, I think. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think like when you show that authenticity, it's it's valuable. And it's the same thing. You know, I've managed teams as small as three all the way up to over 100 people. And I've had managers, you know, report to me and and different things. And with that, they always respect it when I was like, you know what, I fucked up on this one. You know, I messed up like I'm so sorry Um, compared to trying to like just sweep it underneath the rug or not admit the mistake or to say, you know, maybe I could probably did this a little bit differently. Um, And I think that there's power in that or not acting like, you know, all the answers because at the end of the day, you're not, and that's okay. And really embracing, if you have a team, um, embracing your team, you know, bringing them in as part of the process and, and being able to be that vulnerable saying, Hey, we have this situation. I have no clue how to handle it. What do you think? You know, and a lot of times they, they, they respect that more compared to you trying to be on this high horse of perfection and not owning the fact that you're a human, you're a human being, you're going to mess up. It's natural. It's the sooner that you can be accepting of that and just know that it's going to happen. I think it humanizes you and people respect you more for it. I think that is such a powerful thought. And it's something that took me a really long time to get to this idea of um, kind of having other people on your team be a part of potential solutions. it, it hasn't, it's really something I've learned in the past couple of years as I'm going on my own anti-racism journey about the idea of sharing power uh, and authority just within my organizations. And um, that's one of the big areas where I noticed like white supremacy sort of taking hold just internally with me of feeling like I'm at, you know, the one who owns it. I have to, at the end of the day, make the decisions. And it wasn't until getting um, my, I have a I get anti-racism coaching and we were talking about like, how does, you know, white supremacy live within the organizations that I have. And that was one of the things that got brought up is like an easy thing to do is to start sharing power and decision-making. It doesn't have to be on you just because you own it. And I was like, well, that's a novel idea, (laughs) (laughs) you know? So I really like that you said that because I, um, probably, especially for white business owners don't, aren't, thinking about that and how powerful it can be to just um, put out that um, decision-making. Like you don't have to have it be all on you and how um, also freeing it can feel to have other people in your business that you can lean on for decisions. At the end of the day, I don't know, some of the most amazing ideas that my group practice has had didn't come from me. Yep. Yep. And that's, and that's the powerful thing. And that's when the stress kind of lessens is when you start to come from a place of brainstorming and asking for ideas. And to be honest with you, same thing, every idea that went really well or process change or initiative or whatever we were trying to do always went better because I was the, I wasn't the one coming in saying, this is what we're going to do compared to bringing in that we and saying, this is what, you know, I, here's my idea. What do you guys think? You know, let's break it apart. Let's, you know, let's maybe not even use it and brainstorming and having things that um, are partnered is always better because then you have the buy-in and you don't have somebody sitting there saying, you know, there's a way, but there's a better way to do this. There's another way that we could have done this. And no, because you've asked for their opinion and you've brought in that insight. And the beautiful thing about diversity is all of us come from different backgrounds and experiences and cultures and 
you know, and so when you bring all of that into play, it's it's beautiful in the making. And then on top of it, you know, everybody has a story to share. And, you know, so the more that you can embrace that, then the better your team's going to feel, the better the culture is going to feel. But you have to have that mindset to be open and to know that that it's okay if you don't have all the answers. And actually, it's better when you don't have all the answers, because all of us have, again, different strengths and weaknesses that we can tap into. So um, what is your feedback for a group practice owner or a business owner in general who's feeling really kind of self-conscious and is stuck in this internal real, like they're not even thinking about, they're not seeing the reality of how their team might be, you know, perceiving them. They're just kind of projecting their own insecurities of as a leader out into their, into their business. And they really like they might not be ready to embrace making mistakes and and embrace um, sharing of power and decision making, but are really in this place of um, feeling really not confident as a leader. Um, it, I see it usually happening once they've hired a handful of people because then it becomes like a team versus you know I have one or two people, um, and and I see you know business owners really feeling or struggling with kind of stepping into leading and coaching their team and, and um, kind of being at the kind of center of growing the culture of that business. What is your suggestion as like first steps if someone is really like struggling in confidence as a leader? I would say, ask yourself why, like, why are you feeling that where's the lack of confidence coming from? Is it because you're afraid that you're going to mess up? Is it because you're nervous that you're going to say something wrong? Are you nervous because you might do something wrong? You know, um, are you nervous because you feel like you do have to have all the answers? And if not, then someone's going to think you're an idiot because you don't have all the answers. So asking yourself why, like, why are you feeling the way that you're feeling? And, and what do you need to do in order to gain that confidence? So if, it is a gap in like your skill set. I always say that there's three areas of focus when it comes to being a CEO that you should that you should look at. Look at the first is yourself. So that's you as the CEO and really owning, you know, again, what are those strengths? What are those weaknesses? What are you great at? What are you owning? And then having that self-awareness. The second piece is skills. So usually we don't know everything. We Nobody does. So there's always a gap in our knowledge. Every day there's a gap in our knowledge. It's our job to identify what that gap is and then to find a solution for that gap. So if it's a lack of skills, then, you know, what do you need? So you talked about coaching or mentoring or, you know, maybe if it's having difficult conversation. So if you have someone on your team who isn't doing what you would like for them to do or perform, you know, are you struggling with that? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next area of focus is strategy. So really making sure that you're stepping into that CEO role and then putting good sound strategies in place in order to move your business forward in order for it to grow. But part of that is you need your team to do it too. So mm-hmm. Usually just looking at those three areas, I always say is a is a great way to start. I know for the framework that I work off of with the clients that I work with, those are always our three areas of focus. So you as the CEO, the skill set that you have, and then the strategies that you're putting in place in order to grow your business. So I like that. I want to um, end with one more question around people pleasing. Oh, <laughs> I feel like it goes hand in hand with uh, confidence issues is um, people pleasing. I think, um, I don't know, you know, I, I don't know if you hear this, but a lot of uh, people who work in certain industries all, will feel like they're 
like um, an anomaly, like, oh, our in- industry is a little different than most. And they try to make their problems unique when it's probably not unique. But I want to, so I'm prefacing with, I'm about to say something that makes us me think that we're just really unique as therapists who are business owners, um, is that therapists, mental health therapists tend to be super in tune to the emotions and feelings of others, which can make us really good leaders um, and business owners because when we employ people, because we tend, tend to be um, really aware of the needs of our staff and want to make sure that their mental health is is good and that we're supporting them in all ways. Um, but it can also lead to like the dangerous territories of people pleasing um, and really bending in ways that aren't sustainable for our businesses, whether it's through like how we pay our staff and overpaying them, whether it's through like having staff um, do things that are outside kind of the structure or systems that we have because we just want them to be happy. So how, what are your thoughts on people pleasing and um, ways that maybe someone who's really struggling with that right now, like a piece of advice, a thing that they can do, um, an idea, a thought for them? Yeah. And I'm a people pleaser. So I completely <laughs> understand. I'm asking this for myself. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't want you to be mad at me. Please don't be mad at me. But at the same time, you do. You have a job as a CEO of your business. Your job is to make sure that you're putting your business in the best possible position to be healthy, sustainable, and to grow. And without that, you're not going to be able to make the impact that you want to make, not only for the people who you're serving, so for your clients and those who come to you, but that's for the people who work for you too. So if you are overpaying, if you are you know, not sticking to your policies and procedures and the structures that you have in place, the only thing that you're hurting is the business, but you're also hurting for those people who are working for you because you're not sticking to the boundaries that you have in place and you're not sticking to the structure that you have in place, which is going to help you allow for your business to grow. So one of the things that I've always said to my to help me is that not everybody's going to like me. Not everybody's meant to like me. However, my goal is for you to at least respect me and to, you know, understand the decisions for why we have to make some of the, you know, do some of the things that we need to do. There's hard decisions that are always going to happen. It's your job to make those hard decisions. And that's just part of being a CEO. So I think um, one of my supervisors in my group practice had said something that I hadn't even really thought of. And it helped me feel good when I'm making decisions that I know. I mean, I have um, just under 50 employees in my group practice. So there's no way to make everyone happy. I mean, even at the simple level, one person might really value short-term disability and another person might really not value that and prefer to have PTO. And if I can only offer one of those things, which either offering either one of those is really good, I'm still going to disappoint someone, right? Even when I'm trying to do something good. So um, I remember she said, you know, at the end of the day, everyone here knows that when you're making decisions, it's always in our best interest as a team. Um, and, and you know, so even if it doesn't, if it's not something that, you know, any one of us individually likes, I, she was like, I really think that everyone as a whole knows that you're never making decisions um, purely for yourself. You're making decisions so that that are in the best interest of the team as a whole. And so even if we even if one or two of us don't like it, 
you know, we know that it's coming from that place versus, you know, coming from a place of selfishness or your own gain or growth as a leader. Um, And I think that's important. And so maybe even looking at that as someone who's a people pleaser, how have you um, worked with your team to show that your decisions and, and how you carry yourself and how you lead is coming from that place of like, I care about you. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. And that's really, and that goes back to that authenticity piece too. People can, you know, people can smell, you know, bullshit from a lot, you know, from a mile away. So if you are coming from a place saying, I know that this sucks and I realize that this, is, this probably isn't going to make everyone happy. However, my job again is to make sure that I'm putting us in the best possible position to be successful because at the end of the day, I want all of us to be able to come to have a place to come to work. You know, that's really the goal to be able to continue to help people. Um, so when you come from that place, people, people do, they respect it. And so that's what I, that's why I always would say, you know, you might not like me or, but you'll always respect because, and it goes back to you just owning what your role is and understanding that it's the good and the bad that's going to come with it. And then the team will automatically understand the good and the bad. And there's going to be sometimes too, where those people who might not, you might feel some kind of way because you don't get short-term disability. So there's going to be something else that you're going to do. That's going to tap into what they like. Oh yeah, this is great. You know? So it's just knowing that there's a time and place for everything and not just putting so much pressure on yourself. Yeah. Um, Okay. So if people are interested in getting support from you, um, how can they reach you? What do you have going on right now? I don't know if there's anything you have that you want to share or promote. Um, Tell us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you want to know more about me, I'm always on Instagram. So I'm at Savvy Clover Coaching. So S-A-V-V-Y-C-L-O-V-R Coaching um, is where you can find me on Instagram. And then um, if you are interested in a, in a free business health checklist or, uh, you know, every um, couple of months or so, we have our free unapologetically savvy two-day workshop specifically for CEOs. Um, so if you go to my website, www.savvyclover dot com, then you'll always be able to find information there for your free business self checklist or our workshops too. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It was really nice seeing you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Thanks for listening to the group practice exchange podcast. Like what you heard, give us five stars on whatever platform you're listening from. Need extra support? Join The Exchange, a membership community just for group practice owners with monthly office hours, live webinars, and a library of trainings ready for you to dive into. Visit www.members.thegrouppracticeexchange.com forward slash exchange. See you next week.